Always great to catch up with Mick Gearin, especially when we've got such a huge weekend. Uh, the Inner Dominions in Brisbane. Uh, the heats have been run, the draws have been done, and we've got a, a couple of intriguing races. Uh, the Trotters, uh, Mick, as you said at the start of the series, is uh, pretty much a fait accompli, but the way the, the draws have fallen in the paces, it's made for a very intriguing final. How are you, Mick? Mate, I'm well. Thank you, Michael. I'm excited. We're going to... Actually, the reason I'm excited is not just the Inter-Dominions. I'm going to the relaunch of Ellerslie tonight. Uh, now, ah. Ellerslie is... It's the Flemington of Auckland. I know it's not Flemington. I'm not being an idiot, but it, it, it's our biggest track. And it's the only really glamorous track in New Zealand. And they've relayed the Strathair track and the relaunches tonight. They've been through the return to racing protocols. It's all done. It's good to go. For people listening to this, imagine if you'd had been not able to go to Randwick or Flemington uh, for two years. And there's no other racetrack in the Auckland CBD-ish area. There's nowhere else you can go inside 50 kilometres to go to a major race meeting. So we'll be robbed of that for two years. Tonight they relaunch, Michael, uh, and it's meeting. Uh, but I'll get to the trots in a second, by the way. I'm not trying to be disparaging. Um, it's meeting on January the 27th, the Caracamillion, I don't say this lightly, it'll be the most anticipated and looked forward to race meeting of any code in New Zealand this millennium. In the last 25 years, in fact, I've been racing editor of the Herald for 28 years and it'll be the biggest race meeting in that time. Wow. Um, we spoke to Craig Baker during the week and you could feel the excitement and the build-up, especially for that Caracamillions. Millions, uh, what is it, $3 million races on the day. And he was telling us that their, their aim, their wish, um, selling off some of the land and developing it and the partnership with Entain is to have, in the next few years, the minimum prize money, uh, $100,000 at their race meetings. A lot of people would say, well, that's relatively normal for Melbourne or Sydney, but I'll be honest with you, Michael, I have horses trained in both jurisdictions. It's usually about $2,000 cheaper a month to get a horse trained in New Zealand. So if you have a galloper being trained in Victoria, you'll rack up about 5000 a month. That's pretty standard. It might go to six or seven if it's racing. In New Zealand, it tends to be about three, and it might go to four if they're racing. So most people don't care about that sort of stuff and the age of syndication quite that much. But it definitely makes a difference. And if you can get a horse trained by an Andrew Forsman or Tiaka, Tiaka is a little bit more expensive, but if you can get a horse trained by someone at that level and you're only paying three, three and a half thousand a month and they're racing for 100K, makes pretty good sense. So it's it really does. exciting. I think one of the key factors, Michael, is getting the Australian riders here. They've already got Blake Shin to commit to Karaka Millions. They'll chase James, no doubts. And the other one on their list... Well, there's two big ones. They would love to get Damien Lane and they would love to get Jamie Carr. I'm not saying they'll get mm. them. I have no idea. But they're the two big ticket items, which is kind of weird because 10 years ago, that list would have been Ollie, who wasn't going to be riding by then, and Willow. But just in New Zealand, there's so much coverage of those jockeys um, that if they bring those eyeballs, well, let's be honest, it'll be the biggest race meeting in Australasia that weekend. <sighs> In, in any part of the world, of Australasia. 
just a couple of quick ones before we get on to the, the Inner Dominion. Um, there's an SMS that came through just reminding me about um, the debacle of what occurred in New Zealand with the Group 1 race last week and then also the, the, the shock of Prowess's retirement, which really came out of nowhere during the week as well. Yeah, poor old Prowess. I loved her. She's just a wonderful big mare. I saw her as a yearling. She was a beautiful yearling and she was one of the first big-ticket Prasia yearlings. Um, really disappointing for them, the early signs of laminitis. And laminitis, of course, you can not muck around with. So they'll do all they can to keep her healthy to be a broodmare. She'll go uh, to one of the auction sites. She'll go to a sale. I would say it would probably be online um, because the owner's not a breeder. And, you know, that brings you long and Cornwall and all these sort of people to play. And she's probably a nice outcross for them as a broodmare because they wouldn't have a lot of prassier broodmares. So she'll go for big money, um, but real shame to see her stop racing. And the debacle last week was shocking. So we have 14 standard starting gates in New Zealand, but when you have a field bigger than 14, they have what's called supplementary gates, which are clip-on gates. They had three of those for the captain of the, sorry, the TAB Classic last week. And the power between the 14 main gates and the three supplementary gates didn't work. So group one race, they jumped, 14 of them jumped and left and took off, ran 600 metres, three of them didn't. Um, to make it worse, when they re-ran the race about seven minutes later, the three who didn't move ran first, second and fourth mm. to give you an indication of what happens to them. Uh, NZTR have acted very quickly. They used to be an old nanny of a business and used to stuff around with things all the time. They said, nope, enough of that. No more supplementary gates. They are banned. So they stopped them immediately and the three major tracks in the North Island, because Ellerslie already have their own gates, so this isn't a problem for them. Tarapa, Awapuni and Trenton will now have their own gates, which will live at their tracks, because the reason they was 14 in the main gate box in New Zealand was it used to travel round to all the other tracks, Michael, but the road rules in New Zealand wouldn't let them transport more than 14 at a time because it was too long a load and needed a pilot car. So that's why they were 14 at a time. I know that sounds hard to believe, but I'm not making it up. Gee. Well, look, at least they've moved quickly um, and to rectify the issue. So um, we just put that down to bad luck and another good thing, Aegon getting beaten in the race there as well. We won't talk about that anymore. Let's talk about the pacing championship <laughs> final on Saturday. And with the draw, the market's absolutely turned. Uh, Swayze is now the $2.20 favourite who's drawn inside Leap to Fame uh, in three. Leap to Fame in six is a $2.40 chance. And Narano, who's been the surprise packet of the series, is $5.50. Um, which way are you leaning, Mick, after the draw? So much depends on the start, Michael. The the general consensus is, is that Narano or Turn It Up will hold the lead and then hand to whichever one of the good horses gets there first. And by good horses, I mean favourites. Swayze's more than likely to. He doesn't have naturally high gate speed, but Cameron Hart is a wonderful driver and he'll eke enough out of him. Cameron's job at the start is to stay in front of Leap to Fame. Now, Leap to Fame's job is to try and get past him. Whoever of those good horses gets to Narana or turn it up first will get the front. But that's what it comes down to in a nutshell. I think it's more likely to be Swayze. I think Grant Dixon has no option but to launch on Leap to Fame and try and get there. 
because otherwise he's going to end up parked. And every time he's parked in a big race, the Blacks are fake, the Eureka, uh, or the Victoria Cup he gets beat. So I think he's got to have a dig early, and I think he's getting quicker off the gate. It's a very unusual time because Australian racing is so used to having these good horses who can fly the gate, and both these horses are relatively pedestrian by open-class standards. I don't know why. They're actually half-brothers, but it's not mm. a hereditary trait. You can gear a horse up to leave the gate quickly. For example, Lazarus wasn't fast off the gate in Australasia. When he went to America, he ended up being one of the fastest horses in America off the gate. So you can teach them to do it. And with the harness horses, you can change their gear to enable them to do it. But a lot of the trainers worry that if you do it to them, because the races are so long, this race is 26, 80 metres, they won't come back to you. Like if you really, really burn them, they learn that's what they have to do in life and they just run. And then you won't get them to come back and refill their lungs with oxygen for the second half of the race. That's why the winners of the big races at Menangle are so different to the winners of the major races on the Grand Circuit. Because, Michael, the mile racing at Menangle is just go. Off I go, bang. It's like a 1,000 metres at the valley. Whereas the other races are go, settle, mm. learn to breathe, relax, move, and then go again. And those two things are really bizarre because it means now we don't have a definitive champion in racing anymore. Harness racing may never have another definitive champion because the mile races and the 2,600-metre races are vastly different animals and they suit vastly different animals. So for all that in your mind... I'll go Swayze, even though I think Leap to Fame's a better horse. And the way the markets and the algorithms affect them, Michael, you could make a case that if Leap to Fame gets out to $3 or Swayze gets out to $3, you could sort of make a mini book and back them both. I know there's not a lot of profit in that, but you could make a case that one of them's going to obviously lengthen more than the other. Um, better Eclipse from Victoria's got a chance if they go to war which I'm not sure they'll do. And Nerano will be tucked away on the fence and doing nothing and could fly late. But you're looking for fairy tales if you start expecting mm. one of those two great horses to get beat. The locals will want Leck to fame to win. He's a Queensland horse. He's probably still Australia's best horse. But as we said on the show a few months ago, Michael, when people were saying he was the best horse in the world, you know, it's important to be careful about these things because it's really hard for a harness horse to be a definitive champion, no much more so than it is hard for a horse to win the Everest and the Cox Plate. They take two different skill sets. It's a different story in the trotting final. Though. I just believe that Black Caviar and Winks odds. Uh, is this the start of or the um, entree to another overseas elite lot campaign, do you think? I hope not. I hope not. Um, yeah, Elk will win this week unless something goes wrong. Uh, he's a wonderful horse and he's really matured into a good horse. Who He's hitting the ground nice and square, which means his feet on the, di the diagonals hit the ground at the same time. That's when trotters are at their best because they can cre create all that power without having a misstride and, and, and uh, ruining their bodies. I love Greg Sugars and Jess Tubbs. They're wonderful people. And I've been to Sweden for the elite up seven or eight times, and I know it's addictive. It's like getting a tattoo, Michael. You get one, you want to get more. But they should... They, they, <laughs> I've they never got one. How many have you got? Three. I've got three. So, and, and other, anybody listening to this, and almost everybody in racing under 50 has got one, um, they are addictive. Back to another story. <laughs> I, Sweden's addictive too. 
Um, I wouldn't take this horse back to Sweden. He can't win a big race in Sweden, not because he's not good enough, because they're so good. It's like being, to give people an example, it's like being the fastest 100-metre runner in Australia. Imagine being Australia's fastest sprinter, human being. You go, wow, I'm fast. That's really cool. But if you go to the Olympics, yes, you're going to get beat. You just know that. You're not going to win. And here's the thing. The Olympics is glory and all that sort of stuff, but this is money. And they took that horse there last year, and he did them proud, but they lost money on the trip. If he stays here, he can race in this inter-dominion. The Great Southern Star for about 350k. The new trot slot race at Cambridge in New Zealand, which will suit him skill set, for $575,000. The road cut for $200,000, and his total travel cost will be about 20k. So, yes, it's great to go to Sweden, but it's almost like taking a horse to Royal Ascot who can't win. Once the experience ends, not only do you have the bill, but you also have the opportunity cost of all the mm. things you lost. This horse can stay here and try and win three inter-dominions and a couple of million dollars. If he goes to Sweden, they'll have some wonderful memories, but I doubt they'll get much stake money. Mick, it is always great to catch up. I'm looking forward to your post Inter-Dominion analysis uh, as well next week. Uh, is there one we should be backing anywhere? I really like a horse at Tarapa on Saturday called Campionessa. Now, it's the big team, Mark Walker uh, and Opie Bossom. It just slides into the race beautifully. You know the horse who's the danger, Pearl of Alsace, who ran fourth in the Matriarch Stakes. So she's a pretty good horse. I just think Campionessa's better. The market has Campionessa 2.7, Pearl of Alsace 2.4. I think the market will reshape, and I think Campionessa will start about $1.90. So if you can get 2.7 now, I would jump on it because the algorithms massively ping for Opie Bosson and Tiakau all the time. Once it happens in a big race, they just go crazy. So it'll be close enough to $1.90 by the time they start. And then, Michael, you can actually back Pearl of Alsace. You might get out to $3.20 and make yourself a book and you can't lose. Race six, number one, Campionessa. I love it. Uh, Enjoy the inter-dominion, Mick. Mate, enjoy Perth and uh, you'll, everybody over here. Really um, excited to see Ollie's last race. He's been a legend in both places. He's won major races at Trentham and, and Ellerslie. Mm. So yes, we'll be we'll be cheering for him on Saturday as well.